In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents... The Betches Brides Podcast, a show for the wedding obsessed and the brides who are stressed, because after all, it's only one day of your life. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Betches Brides. I am your host, Samantha Bush, and today we have a bride, an influencer, a manifester, and a mental health advocate behind the girl and the blog, Mandy Jensen. Uh, Mandy was married this June and is here to kind of talk with us about her whimsical Persian wedding in Cancun, how she basically manifested the man of her dreams. I am so happy to be here. I am a I'm a Betches stan in general, but Betches Brides, I will say, got me through the entire 11 months of being a bride to be. So, being I here, that. I feel like I also manifested this. So, I'm on a fucking roll. Yeah, you're killing it. So, I'm a really big manifester. Like I'm a big believer in that. I also manifested the man of my dreams. So, when I was like heard that you did this as well. Like I was so excited because I was like, the girls that get it, get it, you know, type of vibe. For sure. For sure. I want you to kind of talk about that and like explain to our listeners like what that really means. Like how did you go about this? Yeah. So I got married just a couple months ago, but I was 37 when I got married. Um, and I will tell you that I grew up, I mean, my mom said this in her speech on our welcome party. We had a four day crazy ass wedding. It was destination in Mexico. It was so much fun. We had 231 of our loved ones there, which, you know, usually for a destination wedding, the goal is to get it a lot smaller than that. I will say we had 398 people that we invited and it was truly the, I mean, I had strict rules in place of like, if I don't talk to them three times a week, they probably shouldn't be invited or they're like immediate blood. Um, And that's, I mean, it's just the nature of how big my family is. I come from a big Iranian family and we have them all over. And so that was just as, as small as we could get it. But my mom on the welcome party night we had family that hadn't seen each other in 30 years there, like all in one place. So it was just really magical. But um, it was funny. She was like, you're the only person I've ever known that has wanted to be married and have a wedding since you were four years old. And it's truly that like I, since I was little was like, that was the first thing, like very much a stereotypical (laughs) trope of like the girl who wanted to be married. And I will tell you, I thought like watching father of the bride, she was 22. So oh God, 37 is a lot like that's 15 years later. That's a whole lifetime later than I thought, you know, I sh- I was supposed to get married, no, which is a societal lie. Crazy? Yeah, which is a total societal lie we can talk about. But um for me, I, you know, came to a place I had two longer relationships in my life and one of them was about 5 years long and ended uh, about 5 years before I met Brian, who's my now husband and Um, I moved to New York shortly after that breakup and just kind of went from San Francisco and just was like, you know what I am going to have, I never really grew up. I grew up in a little bit more of a, you know, 
like I'm come from an immigrant family, so stricter stricter norms around dating and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And that was just kind of how I was brought up. And so when I moved to New York at 31, I was like, let's fucking go. Like, let's just date. And I moved without, you know, I had a couple friends that I knew, but I was like, I'm looking at dating as networking. I was working for Bumble at the time. And I was like, I am going to take this as networking. Like, I'm just having fun. I want to date. I'm going to embrace being 31 in the city, like, and single. And maybe... And I'd really come to the place where I was like, maybe marriage isn't something that's in the cards for me and that's okay. Or maybe it's a lot later down the line. And I immediately froze my eggs because I knew that something that was always going to be in the cards for me was being a mom. That's something I, I, you know, is it non-compromisable for me, Mm -hmm. which also changed kind of when I got to manifesting Brian, where I had a really clear vision. And my cousin who ended up being our efficient, he was 22 at the time of this advice, but I was dating probably like sometimes going on three dates a day in New York. And he goes, oh God, I'm obsessed. Yeah. I was just, I want to write a book on it because it's like, no, that's insane, like incredible. Like, it was so insane. But I was just like, you know what? I'm going to have fun. I'm going to make friends. Like, even if I don't like the guy, maybe they have a friend that will be like my girl, like a girlfriend, you know, mm-hmm. and like, we'll be in a book club together. Like I was just very much like, fuck everything I ever thought was real. Fuck everything I ever thought was right about like how to date and how to go about life and even making friends. And let's just start from the grand- ground up in a new city. So my cousin, he was 22 at the time. And he was like, and he was actually our efficient at our wedding in the end. But um, this, so three years before my wedding day, he was like, you know what? I think you need to relook at this. When you're ready to find someone who you want to like marry, when you're ready to like get into it and be a wife, whenever that is, if that's ever, he's like, if you decide that's the path for you, you need to make sure that the guy is going to be a better dad than maybe a husband. Like just rework the whole thing. Like he's Mm -hmm. like, that's what you want. You want to be a mom. So let's like workshop that back. And when it finally came to, it was actually, so COVID happened and we were at home and dating kind of like my three dates a day was no longer sustainable or possible. Right, or yeah, Yeah. I was going to say possible (laughs) at all. (laughs) So I was like... I was just like chatting a bunch and making yeah. pen pals um, to, to, you know, to fill the time. And uh, I came, ho- I came to California and I, I hadn't been to, I'd stayed in New York alone for um, the first three months of the pandemic and then started seeing like a friend here or there, but it was always, I was very, you know, cognizant of, of world health. And then um, I hadn't been to California to see my family in almost that entire year. So when I mm-hmm. came, I decided to stay six weeks and I was kind of just showing my mom how to date because my mom is single as well. And so I was like, mom, when you swipe right, you are not committing to somebody. Like you are not going to like, you're not getting proposed to. This is not the bachelor. Like you are just like swiping. And I'm like, sometimes I just like swipe right because I want to see whose type I am. Like this is not a big deal. (laughs) I was like, this is not a big deal. If you don't like them after they say something weird, unmatch. And so I was just like going through a spree where I was like, look, this is how it works. Kind of more, I'm a tech nerd too. So I was like, kind of more for like just showing like how a dating app works. Mm -hmm. And then the next day I was like, we kind of like got back into bed to watch a Hallmark movie. It's exactly literally almost, I'm in my childhood room right now, by the way, recording this because I'm home for the holidays again. Yeah. Um, So full circle moment. But I got on and I had like 55 messages on Tinder of all places. And I was like, look, like half these people are scum. Like I don't want to move forward. I just unmatch, you know? But (laughs) but then I'm like, look at this guy. This guy, like he likes food. Like he just wants to be like a food friend. And it was Brian and he had written, what's your favorite sandwich? And 
like I continued the conversation because it was COVID. I was in California. He was in New York. I wasn't like thinking about the, like anything further than that. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was, it took about a cool four days till we like, even like he like hit on me. Um, and he, he thinks that he did earlier, but I'm like, no, we were talking about food. We were talking about sandwiches for like a chill 48 (laughs) hours, um, which was good because it set him apart. But I was here on that trip in California and my mom was talking about dating, um, my cousin was talking about dating, you know, everyone was in different places of their life. Somebody wanted like another baby and somebody else wanted another job. Oh, and yeah. so something I do all the time, as you would understand, cause the girls who get it, get it. I was like, okay, new year's we're doing vision boards. So went, got like yes. all the things, all the poster boards, all the magazines. Mm-hmm. And we did like a little craft night where we ordered and take out way too much like food and carbs and ice cream and just vision boarded like the whole yeah. family. I'm talking about like my 62 year old aunt down to my five year old at the time that. nephew. And it's, I highly recommend this around the holidays. If you want something to do with your family, doing a vision board like party event night, just like hanging out is really, really fun. And it was mm-hmm. fun. Like my five-year-old nephew made one and just like seeing how, what he so put on cute. his vision board. His vision board literally had like Sour Patch Kids on it and stuff. Like his his priorities are very different for what he wanted out of the year. Right. Um, mine had, and I have it, I actually have it. I put it on my phone background because that's really what I believe when you want to manifest and visualize is I need to look at it all the time. Mm-hmm. needs to be some Obviously, my, my phone is like I spend more time with my phone than my husband now. But um, I always had it on there. And on there, my family kind of laughed because I was really in this deep manifesting time where I was like, what do I have to lose? You know, yeah. like I'll take any positivity I can get. What do I have to lose? I'm just going to think big, dream big. Mm-hmm. And on there, I had like a big ass ring that looked like way bigger than I could ever find a man that would afford. Um <laughs> Which, like, also, you can buy your own ring, girls. Like, don't worry about it. Um, But um, I had on there, like, a destination wedding. I had, like, all of these details on there. And I was – I told them. They're like, wow, you're really going big. I'm like, no, I'm going to be engaged by the end of this year. Like, just – I'm telling you guys. I already know it. Yeah. Yeah. Just you wait. I'm – this is what – I'm ready. At 35, I'm going to meet him and let's do this. And to go a little bit further back, I had seen a medium when I was – 31. And that medium had told me, you're not, and I was, I was 31, just got out of a five-year relationship. Like I was just like, is my life ever going to like move forward? Or am I like, just tell me like, you know, what's going to happen? What's going on? And my best friend had just taken her own life. So I was just at like, not like I was in a very desperate place. You know, I was like, this relationship just ended. My best friend took her own life. I think I want to move across the country, like make a big shift. Like, should I be doing this? I was just very like, I had nowhere else to go but up. Um, And I think that's kind of what positioned me to just start believing that nothing is impossible because- Mm-hmm. At the same time, everything is possible. Like everything in me can be taken from you in an instant. So just kind of living that way of like, yeah, everything can be taken from me in an instant. So why not pretend like everything can why happen not just for me go, too? Like, full out, yeah, yeah. And that's and, what you did, and I think it's amazing. <laughs> totally. And the the so the medium was like. Yeah, you're not going to meet someone until you're about 35, but then it's going to happen really fast. And it's going to happen so fast. And then you're going to get engaged so quickly. And then you're going to get, um, you're going to get engaged so quickly. And then your wedding is going to be right around your 37th birthday. And so I was like, lady, like, first of all, that's in like almost, that's in six years from the time I spoke to her. So I was like, uh, and you know, as women, we're told like, I mean, I froze my eggs the next year. I was like, oh, I got to get moving, you know, because as women, we're told, so much is impossible. We're told mm-hmm. 
so many things need to happen on a certain timeline. And I was like, she's telling me that this won't happen for another six years. Like, what does this mean? And not even to say that I was believing everything she was saying out the gate, but I was just like, yo, like, whoa, okay. Yeah, that's if a lot that's to true. take in. Yeah. So fast forward, we do our vision board. I'm like, this is happening. And then I um, meet Brian, what's your favorite sandwich, four days after our vision board party. Oh my gosh. And because it was still, you know, pandemic times, very much so, I came back from California. So that was like two weeks after we first matched. And he was like, okay, well, we need to wait two weeks before I can see you. Like you need to take a test. Like you need to quarantine. It was very mm-hmm. much that time. Yeah. And um, so we probably talked like all the time for about three weeks. And it was weird. I think that three weeks, I'm a big proponent of like people with long distance relationships or people who make bi-coastal marriages and stuff work because I really love like I, I I don't know. I'm I'm a good I'm good with work like writing and so like I'm a big I am that texture. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it set a foundation. So once we had our first date, I mean, we were just laughing about this last night. Um he like quoted something I had said on our first date. And I was like, wait, that was our first date. I'm like, isn't it so weird that we got like so deep on the first date? Like we kind of just like knew, you know, we just knew when we mm-hmm. met, like, oh, this is different. Like there's something different about this. But to go back to what the medium said, and this was in brides too, is she was right. We met, we got engaged within five months. And because of the timing it was, we met when I was 35, like a couple weeks, four weeks after my birthday, we got engaged. And then we actually got our courthouse, our courthouse wedding was the day after my birthday. So it truly all happened within like, shut up. yeah, from like January, 2021 to June, 2022. I got I have the chills. I I need to know who this medium was. So her name is is Megan Sansett and she's off of Long Island, but she does virtual calls. And I absolutely love her. I've met with her several times since then. Um, She's just really amazing. And I'll I'll send you the Instagram so we can like share it with everybody because she's just started doing more videos and stuff online, but she's just, yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was insane. I mean, looking back, you look back and I'm like, I spent way too much money on like psychics and stuff like that because I truly was in like a very dark place and I needed to, my family was like, hold up. This is an addiction. Should we submit you to that reality show? You know, the one that's like true life. I'm addicted to whatever. I'm addicted. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely was like, I was just searching, searching for answers. You just wanted something. Like you wanted answers. You needed some, oh my God, for sure. I just needed something. And it wasn't just about like, you know, a relationship. I mean, we're on a bride podcast, but in life I was like, my career is changing. My the city I'm moving to is changing. Am I doing anything right? Um, what does the future look like? And I will say all of it was a waste of money except for that one medium. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was a major waste of money. I'm really upset because I probably could have bought like put a down payment on a brownstone, but it all led me to where I am now. And now I've learned what's fraud and what's what's true. And Megan Sandstedt on Long Island is, is the real is deal. Is the real deal. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, because I'm I a will big vouch. manifester. Like I love empaths. Like I love mediums. I love psychics. I'm, I always do a vision board. And like you said, you always want to have it out or like on your phone at least so that you see it every single day or else because some people like hide their vision board after they're done. I'm like, no, no, no. You got to have it out. Yeah. And some of the stuff you're asking for, again, like I know that I sounded delusional. I'm like, I'm going to be engaged by the end of the year. (laughs) And I, but I stepped into it. I'm like, I rather sound delusional because truly like nowhere to go but up always. And Mm -hmm. if, you know, really thinking of like 
nothing is too good for me and nothing is out of reach. And I just feel like we live in a world full of a lot of negativity, Mm -hmm. whether we like it or not. Um, everything's kind of going against us sometimes and you got to hold on to whatever little bit of hope you can find. And if that hope is, you know, a vision board that has like, even just like, maybe it's hopes for a new job. Maybe it's, you know, you want to go on a solo trip. You know, that's some like people, sometimes that's like the life goal to go on a Mm -hmm. solo trip, like whatever it is, like, don't be scared or ashamed of wanting to live a life that you'd relive. Like put it down on paper, put it somewhere, take a picture of it, put it on your phone Mm -hmm. and really believe that nothing is out of reach because why should we not be living that way? Like there's so many things telling us things aren't possible. Why aren't we telling ourselves it is? And it's so easy to fall into that, you know, like to fall into like, oh, you're right. Like that's like that goal is too big for me or this is so out of reach for me. But like what you're saying is so true. And my mom's best friend did the same thing you did. She, I think they were like 30. I want to say they were like 30, 31. And she goes, I'm getting engaged this year. And my mom was like, you're not even dating anybody. Sure enough, she met Bob and her and Bob have been married for like 35 years. Like you just- I love Bob. We love Bob. Like Bob's great. But it was just so crazy. Like I think if you really speak it into existence, like it can really happen. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Something I really love about you is that you do have such a positive outlook. And I know like a lot of women or brides or some, you know, anyone planning their wedding, they struggle a lot during wedding planning because you're – I feel like you're constantly being told you have to feel a certain way. Yeah. And you have to like be super happy and this is the best time of your life and you're like, this is tr- – I'm in – this is so hard. Well, so, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. 
and I, I think that this is something that we as a society struggle with is being more than one thing at once, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, I mean, this was something I had waited 35, 36, you know, by the time we got engaged years for. I had been like, I guess technically since I was four-ish, but like so over 30 years, <laughs> I'd been dreaming of this time in my life. Yeah. And it happened and it was the happiest time. Like I think back, I'm one of those brides that's like in brides – whoever's listening out there, please enjoy every moment of the planning because even when it feels awful, um, you're going to miss it. And and the wedding really, truly, everyone tells you it goes by so fast, but it does. Like I miss being engaged. If I could tell you one thing I would change about about the whole wedding planning process, I would probably say I would go from an 11 month, which I think is normal-ish, right? Mm -hmm. In like wedding planning time, I would maybe push for 18 months to two years. And this is a girl who was like, freaking out about timelines at 31. I was freaking out about timelines. I was ready to rush, you know? Yeah. And I I really wish I could go back and be like, maybe we should have been engaged for two years because that time is so precious and fun and you really want to enjoy being, you know, with your partner. And we get so focused on the wedding happening. Mm -hmm. And trust me, I'm a, I am big on details. I mean, I thought of like the I had an affirmation on every place card. Like I was like really involved in the details. But um, it's truly about the wedding is celebrating a new chapter in your life and finding the love of your life. And the engagement process is really pivotal to figuring out like some people I've talked to, I have a lot of brides I've talked to that they've canceled their weddings and they've decided this is not the right, like this is not the right decision. This is not mm-hmm. the right time. This is not the right person. And that's okay too. And I think you got to give yourself that engagement grace period mm-hmm. <laughs> because it, you know, it's, it is like a phase of dating, right? It's a phase of relationship and mm-hmm. not really thinking like, oh, I put a deposit down on this or I can't, like nothing is immovable and you should never think that. But um, something I wanted to say was, you know, wedding planning, as much as I miss it, it was extremely difficult. I, a, I'm a pretty curvy bride. Like I just got fitted for a bra again on Friday, refitted for a campaign for work. And I just found out I'm a 36 or a 34 H. So like going into a wedding, I thought I was a 36 uh, double F to my, like, which that I was like, that's wild, you know, but like going into a bridal store and finding a wedding dress that you can fit into isn't always everyone's journey. And I had a couple of bridal places that I was so excited to go to. And I went and they're like, just hold the dress over your boobs. Like it's, you're not going to find anything in the store that fits you. So you have like, you know, more of the superficial disappointments like that, mm-hmm. where you're like, I always imagined going into like, and trying say to dress yes to the dress and yeah. having this moment where like, you're like, oh my God, it's the dress. I will tell you right now, I never had a moment that I was like, oh my God, this is it. I feel magic. Everyone's crying around me. That was yeah. not something that happened for me. Was it fun? And But I changed my mindset. I was like, I'm going to have fun and I'm just going to try on a shitload of expensive dresses. I'm going to make appointments at places I can't afford because I'm going to enjoy this. And, mm-hmm. you know, there were times where it's disappointing and I was like, oh, I'm not feeling that feeling. Thank God I didn't get attached to the dress because even like my dress got stuck in Ukraine and it was not able to be shipped out in time. And so I had to go back to the drawing board and get a new wedding dress two months before my wedding. So. What I'm trying to say is shit happens and I could not predict. Yeah, I can't. And like it was something where I was like, I'm not about to like go and like vent and tell people, oh my God, my dress is stuck in Ukraine because 
other than like my outside, like close family that I just was there for the whole roller right. coaster. Cause I'm like, people are literally dying, Kim. I'm not going to like, there's a bigger issues than my wedding dress. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's just a dress and there's nothing I can do about it. It's stuck in a war-torn country that needs our help. So I'm not going to sit around and cry about my wedding dress, even though I cried to Brian, my fiance at the time. Um, Cause I was just like, I can't handle this. And it was coming at a time where my dad had decided not to come to my wedding. And it was for oh my me, gosh. my parents got divorced when I was 17. So this is now about 20 years later. How did you navigate that? It was a lot. Mean? And and my dad and I, it was a couple different times where he was like, eh, I don't know if I want to come. And and then he kind of like drew a very steady line in the sand, a really firm line in the sand and was like, I'm not coming. I don't want to come, which I had a very, very difficult time with. Oh and gosh. um I mean, I will, t- I will tell you there was a four-month period during the engagement process where like if I saw um, – I mean, I was at a wedding last week and I, I saw a father-daughter dance and I just told Brian, I was like, I got to leave. I need like a five-minute like five mental health break. And, and that's okay. You yeah. know, like the wedding's over and I'm still processing the emotions of wedding planning. Yeah. How did you cope with that? Like how, what did you tell yourself? It was – I was having a really hard time. I cried a lot and I'm not a very, I'm not a big crier. Um, I will tell you though, I cried a fuck ton in, from the time I met, you know, Brian and fell in love to the end of the wedding planning period. And um, it was really being okay with that and telling myself, it's okay that I have a lot of emotions. This is a, a lot. You're also like, I remember I had like almost like I cried over my guest list. Like I cried over not being able to find a place that, you know, it was, and it was like, I'm the kind of person who gets anxiety from having anxiety, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Like I'm like, I still have so much privilege. I have a lot of great things. Like I just always try to like invalidate my own feelings to a fault. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the reason why I have a background in therapy and it took me a really long time to engage in therapy myself because I always thought, well, there's so many other people who deserve a seat at the therapist chair, you know? And that's the wrong, that's a really like self-sabotaging wrong way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And it took me a long way to a long way to be like, oh, it's okay to ask for help. There's strength in being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And truly, if we don't ask for help, we don't get anywhere. So I really learned during the engagement process that it was totally okay. I remember there was one night my dad had just told me on Thursday that he can't come. We went to an event on Friday night that was like a tequila launch. So it was like very like a, a, you know a fun like a vibrant thing. I was not yeah. feeling fun and vibrant inside. I really struggled the whole night just like in my thoughts, you know, mm-hmm. I had so many thoughts even of like, do I even want a big wedding anymore? Like, do we still back? Rethinking. Yeah. Do we just mm-hmm. do a courthouse thing? Do we just elope? Like, do we just cancel all of this and go on a trip, just the two of us? You know, I, I was really rethinking everything because to me, I'd always grown up thinking my dad will be there. Mm-hmm. And it's funny you say, how you, how did I cope? It's because I was like, my parents had been divorced for almost 20 years. And I think I realized that I gave myself grace to, there was one point where I didn't look at a wedding thing for three weeks because I realized, hold on a second, there's a lot of things I haven't dealt with. Mm-hmm. And my dad's okay. saying it took the wedding being a catalyst to realize there's a lot of things I have to unpack here, you know? And mm-hmm. I kind of took three weeks to be like, I'm, I'm going to put everything on pause for planning. It'll be fine. I have a great wedding planner. They're going to, you know, they're not going to, like, nothing's going to, go to shit because I need to take a, a breath. Mm-hmm. And um, really like unpacked, I remember I had like 
a lot of things that I probably should have dealt with when I was 17 years old when, when my fr- parents first got divorced yeah. that I'd kind of just suppressed and mm-hmm. not even intentionally, but the wedding brought it out. That's what I was going to say. The weddings bring The wedding brings up. everything out, you know, and yeah. even, I mean, and I've heard They I've lift heard up this, the rug and like the dust is- Everything yeah, comes everything. out. And yeah. I've been a bridesmaid 14 times, so I really thought I had seen it all. Yeah. Um, I've seen brides, you know, like- cut off friends, cut off family members over a wedding. Like I've seen a lot of it and I just thought like I was going in very prepared. I'm like, yes, I'm like a mid-30s millennial bride. I I literally was like, I've waited, I've worked my whole life for this. Like I'm ready. Um, I'm woke. I've been going to therapy. Like I was just like, You're feeling it. I was feeling it. And then all of a sudden it's like everything from out of my control, like a wedding dress being stuck in Ukraine to my dad, you know, me always thinking, growing up thinking my dad's going to walk me down the aisle, this and that. Mm to everything turned out. So back to the tequila party, I'm like going through all of this and we're at the tequila party and I go home and I was very embarrassed and ashamed of my dad's decision to not come to my wedding. I mean, it's the truth of how I was feeling and Mm -hmm. I I can't, I can't hide the fact that I felt a lot of shame. Does your husband have family, parents that are close? So it was hard because my husband's dad passed away 10 years ago too. Okay. So I was really, and I'm a nurturer. So the whole time I'm like, you know, really focused on, on Brian's dad mm-hmm. not being there and how do I make it special and for him and, him and, and yeah. honor him, which we did. And it was really beautiful. We found ways to incorporate him into the wedding. And I surprised Brian with a lot of little things. Like we did a whiskey and cigar bar with a really cute illustration of his dad and oh, um, had his favorite drink as our signature cocktail. We did for my best friend who passed away, we did like a butterfly um, cause the medium like had told me like, she's always around with butterflies. Cause the day I met that same medium, there was like a swarm of butterflies that, that was unreal I outside the of the window. Everywhere. Yeah. So when we walked down the aisle and like, this was like a hurdle, the, the venue didn't want it. And I had to get like biodegradable cause it was in like, you know, mm-hmm. an ecosystem and really like nice nature preserve in Mexico. And so they were like, you can't do this butterfly thing, that this vision you have. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to make it biodegradable. So it's like, as much as you feel defeated during the wedding planning stage, like me fixating, when you ask, how did you cope? I will say a lot of my type A bride tendencies were my coping mechanisms because I was like, okay, I'm going to fixate on like finding biodegradable butterflies to have this like tribute for my friend. I'm going to focus on, you know, this rosé seating chart (laughs) that I'm going to (laughs) have with everyone's names with the little acrylic things. Like there were some things that people were like, let loose in control. Even my wedding planner was like, you don't need cold fireworks twice. Like usually people do one. I'm like, no, I want it twice. You know, like there were things that I fixated on that like helped me through. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause yeah, there was a lot of hard things going on for us. And even my mother-in-law, her, she shattered her shoulder four weeks before our wedding and couldn't come either. So Brian didn't have either parent. So it was kind of like, we just kept getting shit on. I'm going to be honest with you through the whole wedding planning process where it was like, Okay, I kind of got to this place. Well, back to the tequila party again. I we got home and I'd had I don't drink a lot, but I'd had two margaritas that night. Like, woo! Yeah, and <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna fucking put aside the shame I'm feeling that I didn't even perpetuate. Like, my dad decided to make a decision that doesn't define who That's I am. Exactly. That also doesn't define who how other people show up for me and all they're doing. Like, my mm-hmm. mom was 
a ride or die mother of the bride. You know, Mm -hmm. my cousins were ride or die, like making my dreams come true, giving the bachelorette party and my Barbie bachelorette party my dreams. Right. Like Like you can't focus on who's not showing up. People were showing up. And then we had 231 guests show up that were like, we want to fly to another country to celebrate you right after a pandemic. Like people are making sacrifices to show up for us. And so I got home after this tequila party and I was like, you know what? I'm going to take to Instagram and I, I'm a very much not like a, I never s- try to drag anyone through the mud unless you're like mm-hmm. a very bad person. But I was like, this is my story. This isn't about like, I can't control what my dad does, mm-hmm. but this is my life and this is how it affects me. And I'm allowed to share how it, how I feel, right? Yeah. Not anything about anybody else, but how I feel. And so mm-hmm. I was like, I really got to this place where I was like, there are so many other people, I'm sure, other, and I love this podcast because I think there's so, so much community in the bridal community. So much we're community. all going through a lot. And like you said, everything's happening at once. The wedding's mm-hmm. bringing everything up. Everything's heightened. People come out of the woodwork that you yes. haven't talked to. They're like, Family hey. issues come up. Family <laughs> dynamics come up that maybe you've been ignoring for 10 years. Like Exactly. And it brings up too sometimes, like you said, you felt – embarrassed or right about your dad not coming and that can be hard too because it's like how do you navigate those new feelings like it's really complicated yeah and those feelings are okay those feelings were okay but what was cathartic for me was to be like I'm struggling with like shame and embarrassment because I really wanted my dad to be there for my wedding and I always Mm -hmm. expected he would regardless of what's happening in his own personal life because I figured you have your only daughter is getting married and you want to be there. But that was an unfair Mm -hmm. expectation I also put on him. So that's not something I can expect of someone else is to value weddings as much. And honestly, my dad's answer was, I just don't really like weddings. I've been married three times and I've I've never had one wedding, which is true. And I can't sit there and convince somebody else why this day is important to me. I can just live and 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 control the importance of that day to me mm-hmm. and then to my partner. Yeah. And if anyone else wants to come alongside to it to celebrate that, amazing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How did you kind of course correct? Like when things would come up, like with your dress, like obviously you had a moment where you were like, this really sucks and you're crying. And then like, what is the next step? Like, what would your advice be for brides like who who are coming up with roadblocks or something keeps like hindering them in their journey? I think first of all, always take a moment to take a breath. Mm -hmm. Nothing is on fire. Like until like, even when shit goes wrong on a wedding day. What's the worst that can happen? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we get so fixated. Like I'm the type that gets fixated on like the color of cardstock of my place card not matching the menu perfectly. Like mm-hmm. I am that I am that girl and that's mm-hmm. just who I am. However, there are some things that are just out of your control. Especially for me planning a wedding in a different country, any destination brides know, like the timelines, the way other people work in other countries, like it's not always the same. You're not always on the same 
page. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, the I would say 60% of, no, 70% of the heavy lifting of our wedding happened the last six weeks. Yeah, that's what everybody says. Yeah, and it's like giving up that control and allowing yourself. So, you know, when my wedding dress was, when I found out my wedding dress wasn't going to be a thing, I was like, okay, well, the timelines, I called a couple dress places like immediately. I tried to find that same dress. Like I tried to course correct immediately. Like I sprung into action that same moment. I was like, okay, no problem. Like it didn't panic. I was like, let me, you know, fix. And then I called a couple places and they're like, there's no way you can get something like that dress. Like we need six to nine months. And I'm like, okay, I have eight weeks. Like it's not happening. So then I was like, oh, like shit, I'm going to cry about it. That's okay. Take the night away from the wedding, Mm -hmm. breathe, figure out, go to have like an espresso martini with my fiance. Remember that I'm marrying someone that I'm really excited to marry. It's not just about the wedding. It's just a piece of clothing. I'm going to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And um, I actually ended up, so like, then it's about finding a solution, right? So like you have a moment, you try to spring into action figure like process the emotions of it all and then figure out okay what can we do from a calm you know because you Mm -hmm. could I could have freaked out and like just went on Etsy and found like somebody to recreate the dress and promised me to send it to me in three weeks and like Mm -hmm. then hate the dress like I could have done that but instead I I took a moment and then I realized uh, Beholden sells dresses off like they have dresses that they can ship to you within a week and I reached out to Beholden, found out what styles were able to be shipped. So I, I tried them on in the comfort of my home because at that point, I really was not down to like go and do the whole dress fitting thing no, again. right. So I got I got dresses sent to me. I was able to try them on at home. And then I was about – then I was able to go to the store and try on dresses in the store. Mm-hmm. And it was somebody who I – you know, I, I'll be honest. I didn't try on Beholden dresses in the beginning of my wedding planning journey. And then I went to Beholden to try them on and I was like – Wow, like this is a place that celebrates all body types. This is a place that celebrates ask, all feel, budgets. Okay. Yes. Like they are so size inclusive. They're so accessible as far as price points. They have prices of dresses all across the board. And my mom, after I went there, she's like, Why didn't you ever go there in the beginning? Like it was a beautiful and I'm like, I don't know, because I just thought I needed to go to like Vera Wang and Kleinfeld and yeah. Monique Lulier and Remacra and Berg you know, Bergdorf's and I just had this different thing. And I'm like, Oh, actually the best experience of my life was at Beholden because it was just like so caring and so comforting. It was just more my vibe. Yeah. And it took it took me having to go there for an emergency to realize, oh, like be open to other solutions. And I guess yeah. that's what it is, is always be open that there's some something else that's going to work out better for you. Yeah. I mean, and also I really want to talk to you about how you incorporated your culture into the wedding because yes. I'm so, I love that. And I, so how did you merge the two together? Going back to my man- original vision board, yeah. I knew, I knew a couple things were really important for me. I wanted a New Yorker with a New York accent because only because I was 35 and I I don't want to leave New York. So I wanted to find somebody that wouldn't like turn on me in two years and be like, oh, now we're having kids. Like now we need to move to Iowa and no shade to Iowa. It's just not my journey. It's not your vibe. Yeah, it's not my vibe. I wanted to live in the city. So Mm -hmm. I didn't want to, you know, I've been in relationships before where they're like, oh yeah, end game is the suburbs. For some people, that's a great end game. That's the end game they want. For me, it's not. So it was, I want a New Yorker with a New Yorker accent because to me that sig- that signified that they're staying in New York. That's their home. Mm-hmm. The second was they have to love food. And I literally wrote dance with um, dance when food comes out. Like that's the vibe I wanted for my future husband is someone who sees his food coming out, 
sees the waiter and does a little food dance because yeah. like I need them to love food. And the third was I really want them to share the same like values as I do as far as like raising a family tradition and culture. And my culture is very, very important to me. It always has been. I'm Iranian. I read and write Persian. It's just always been something that's important to me. And so I wanted to marry, but I knew I probably wouldn't marry an Iranian guy just from past, you know, failed relationships. I kind of knew that was probably not what was going to work for me in the long run. And, um, so meeting someone that would be really excited about my culture was important. And Brian was very into it. And so something I love is the, the Persian tradition of the Sofra Act, which is the traditional wedding ceremony spread. So you have that in front of you and it's kind of, it's just a really beautiful, like symbolism driven part of a ceremony. Like there's a bunch of different things on the Sofra and they all symbolize different things. So for example, pomegranates might symbolize um, fertility. There's honey for sweetness of life. You have a mirror there that radiates light onto you and also helps you look into the future. You know, there's just a lot of symbolism. That's so beautiful. Really beautiful. So but, you know, knowing our audience and like, yes, we had a lot of our big fat Persian family there, but I had a lot of my friends that don't know, and like that's their first Persian wedding that they're mm-hmm. going to. And so I made, you know, so I wanted the sofa. I didn't want it to look like anybody else's, which was really a struggle when you're planning a wedding, not locally. Like I couldn't go to like Michael's and do arts and crafts. Whip like I needed, up, right? yeah, I needed to like plan ahead and source things from like all over and it was a really fun activity. And me and my wedding planner, I hired a wedding planner who's also Iranian because I was like, I can't risk that. They've got to know. Like, they've got to know what's what They've got to know what to do yeah, and how totally. to make it happen. And she's amazing. It's the Aventure. She is um, based in, in, in um, Canada, but she specializes only in destination weddings. So I knew I needed to pick a partner that speci- like focused on destination weddings, understood mm-hmm. how it, it works. She had a storage unit in Mexico even where oh, like wow. she has stuff there. So things like that to make your life easier and make sure that you are like very much worth the investment to me. Yeah. You know, like I'll cut on other things, but making sure that I keep my sanity during my engagement was like it's something like that number I realized because the other shit happens, right? Yeah. So I got an Iranian wedding planner. We worked on it together and really just made sure that it represented us when you dig into the tradition that's the other thing is i'm very against doing things for tradition's sake it has to align with who you are you know and you have to be really proud of it like i don't i just i don't want to follow tradition just because everyone's always followed tradition like mm-hmm. i want to make sure it's something that i love so for it example resonates with you exactly yeah. so for example one of the things on the um on this on the spread is a holy book. So usually that's like um, the Quran, which I'm not Muslim, or the Bible. And I just was like, that's not us. Like I, my efficient is my gay 25 year old cousin, and we actually had like that was a big part of our wedding. Was it was during Pride weekend, which like he opened up with a heterosexual wedding during Pride. The only way they could get away with it is by having me as their efficient. And he was like, allies, am I right? So it was yeah. like something that was like a part of our wedding. Yeah. So we got like, I was born in France and we had a French book of poetry, like love poems. So making substitutions and not worrying about pushing back on tradition mm-hmm. is really important to me to make sure like your wedding symbolizes you and your love, you know, mm-hmm. just is an embodiment of your love and what you want your future to look like. So even down to like, 
you know, knowing that I wanted to have it be a Persian wedding, but I wanted it to be a modern twist because I'm a modern twist on being Iranian. Like I don't look like, you know, I'm just a multi-hyphenate person who has grown up in like different places and, you know, Mm -hmm. didn't necessarily grow up in Iran, but I'm very connected to my culture. And so what does that look like? Mm -hmm. And just making sure like everything in your wedding, when you look back, you want it to really represent you and be something you're proud of. You're spending a shit ton of money on the wedding. You should love it. You should love every element. Yeah. So that's kind of like we really, we incorporated tradition and made it a really big part of the wedding. Like I got an Iranian DJ and everything, but um, really making sure it represents us and also doesn't leave Brian out. You know, like kind of brings him in the fold. Kind of include him in, right. Exactly. Like bring his family in because now we're embarking on being this blended family. So really having the wedding represent that. I love that so much. It was fun. Planning a destination wedding, like what kind of trials and tribulations did you come across? Like with like shipping things there ahead of time, making like I can't um, – I'm so – I'm a control freak a little bit, I feel like. So I would just – it would drive me crazy. Like I would want to be there every weekend. Like I would need to like see everything, hold everything, touch everything. How did you kind of – Yeah, I love that you said that because that is my number one advice when people reach out to me and they're like, okay, I think I want to do a destination wedding. Like you inspired me to have a destination wedding. And I'm always like, okay, I'm going to tell you right now. It takes a very certain personality type to have a destination wedding. The self-awareness is key. It's it's key yeah. because I have another friend who got um, engaged a couple months before us, and her wedding is actually next month. And she had everything planned. I'm talking about like everything planned within six, like by like within two months of being engaged, and a year out from her wedding. That is not going to happen as a destination bride. It's just not. Like you are going to get certain things. And this is something where I really think you need to find a planner you can trust mm-hmm. is or, you know, whether that's the, the the resources at the venue. Like if the you work with a venue that you pick, if you're not getting a planner, mm-hmm. at least make sure that you're aligned with someone that you can trust. You that have can, like, like a point person. You need like- a point person in the destination that you're getting married. You need a point person that you can trust that is like, Hey, listen, don't panic. I know these people haven't responded to your email for the last three weeks, but it's just not how it works here. So our flowers were like, I was like from two, like we got engaged and I was like, who's my florist? Like I was like looking up florists. I was saving their photos. I was like reaching out to them and they were literally like, we're not going to talk to you a year out. Like we're, we're reached back out to us four months before the wedding. And I'm like, that's that's not not how it works here. Right. It's absolutely the opposite. Like yeah. you put your put your deposit down and you got it squared away. And I was like, what do you mean? Like flowers are the like the most important part to me because we're we have to like we had to get married in a hotel because which is not what I pictured for myself, but I realized quickly having so many guests that are flying from around the world, we needed to be at one property and we needed it to be all inclusive, which was also not something I was thinking I would ever do. But I was like, I need them to have entertainment because I can't we can't like run around, you know, scheduling a catamaran or a yacht to come pick us up from like, you know, Lake Como. Like that's how it would be if I got married there. So I had to kind of abandon that stuff because I'm like, we're not going to have 75 people in a, um, in the South of France. Like that's just not possible for what 
who my family is. So we had to pivot, you know, to, to an all inclusive resort in Mexico. So florals, I was like, that's what I'm banking on to make this look like me, you know, like I'm to kind of make it your own and unique. Yeah. Yeah. And not look like a hotel, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so when florists are telling me, call me back four months or three months before your wedding, I'm like, how? How am I supposed to trust like that? No, I, my, my trust issues could never. Like, Literally. I'd be so stressed. But then the week before we got to our wedding um, destination, I will say this as a destination bride, plan to get there as early as you can before mm-hmm. the wedding, not just to like touch base with all your vendors in person, but also just to, because that's probably the only time you will, but also mm-hmm. just to um, have a couple days with yourselves. like. Me and Brian wanted to get there before everyone. Soak it in a little bit. Yeah. A, we had brought 10 10 suitcases filled with like all my stationery, everything I could bring myself. Mm -hmm. That was awful. I'm ever since I will tell you, we we have so, we're so triggered by luggage that we now have like every trip we've gone on since. And I travel a lot for work has been with a carry on and a carry on alone. Like I will not check Mm -hmm. the bag because I'm so traumatized. We had. They went through every bag during customs. I had to p- show every receipt of everything I had purchased. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then we had to pay taxes in Mexico on the things we brought in based on like the prices. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot. So be prepared for that as a destination, any destination bride. Like there are look up the tax laws, look up the customs laws. Like you need oh to gosh. look that stuff up. And if you don't want to, then find a planner that can educate you on it because mm-hmm. or else you're going to show up to an airport and you're going to like, not know when you're going to pay like high taxes on things. I had um, stuff I'd shipped directly to Mexico. Like I bought a bunch, I got a bunch of sunscreen mm-hmm. um, for our welcome bags and it got stuck in customs and they're like, sorry. Like they were like, how do we, like they were basically like, are you drug trafficking or is this sunscreen? And we had to abandon all the sunscreen and start again. Oh my gosh. Um, so there's things like that, that you don't know, like you don't mm-hmm. realize. So you, you need either a planner or somebody that can be like, I know all the laws around the city you're getting married in. Yeah. That can kind of help you a little bit. Yeah. Back so we sense. definitely, yeah, we were happy to have like 48 hours before family started arriving yeah. to just decompress from literally just having 10 bags and the, the drama of it all of customs, you know, like, so oh getting there earlier, chilling out. And I will tell you, like the day of our welcome party, we were there for four days before the welcome party. And I got in a tow. I know you had Lucas on, Lucas Dean, yes. my makeup artist, and he yes. came with me for a week. And he's also a good friend. And that was one thing I was like, I'm going to invest on having, because I can't control the floor. Like I need to get, a, like the florist is going to be last minute who ended up being incredible. But I'm like, I need like something that's safe. And that was, I'm like, Lucas, I will pay for your flight. I'll pay for your hotel and I'll pay for four days of you being like my 24 seven glam squad. Cause that's something I can control. Yeah. And I'm going to have that. Gives you like some peace of mind. Yeah. Some peace of mind. Cause I'm like pretty much everything else is chaos. Mm-hmm. So he was the only vent- vendor I flew out and was like, that's, he was the only person I flew out. And then I was able to be more flexible with other things like the budget I put towards my makeup, <laughs> which yeah. might sound silly to people, but it was like, I knew for that, like two hours, he's with me a day. It was a place of peace. It was a place of joy. It was somewhere where I would feel recharged, which it was. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, everything else can be chaos and I could like, you know, adjust there on that stuff. But at least I had like little pieces that I could cling on to that I knew would would work. But once our welcome party started, I was like, everyone's here. I'm going to have fun. And we actually, I actually got in the one fight I got on my wedding day was because my cousins were more stressed out than I was on the wedding day. My mom was more stressed out than I was. And I was like, you guys just chill because I was seriously like 
just in the vibes of like being a bride and enjoying my wedding. So my advice is do whatever you can do, stress out as much as you need to stress out. But once your wedding starts, enjoy it. Because I've talked to so many brides who are like, quite a few actually, who are like, it wasn't a good day. Like I was wound up tight. I was over, I overextended myself. I had put too much pressure on myself. And I just like, we loved our honeymoon more or this or that. And I'm like, it's one day and it's one, only one day. And so you got to do everything you can to make sure that you're getting your ROI on that wedding emotionally, financially, physically, like (laughs) make sure you're getting your ROI. And so, you know, do whatever you can to be in a place where you fully enjoy the day. Yeah, that's great advice. Because I think if you take care of yourself, like mentally, leading up the day of, you can kind of be yeah, able to like put dress dress not wedding dress not arriving two months before. Okay, <laughs> you know, like dad bailing out, mother in law breaking her shoulder, shattering it, not able to come. Like, there's so many things that are outside of your control. Mm-hmm. Just focus on what you can control, mm-hmm. and sometimes that is you know investing in a makeup artist who you know is going to make you look really good. look like your best self. Like you've got to find those little things that you can cling to that are like, okay, this is what's going to bring, you know, help me have peace on my wedding day. Yeah. So I want to introduce a fun new game that we have called Runaway Bride. So kind of picture this, you're standing at the altar, you're about to marry the love of your life. And then they reveal this thing that I'm going to give you a scenario. Do you stay or do you run away? So I'll give you a few scenarios and just let me know if you would stay or run away. Okay, I'm excited. Okay. They tell you at the altar that they want to spend your wedding night at their parents' house. Stay. I'm okay. too tired. I'm going to just get Yeah, in you're at like, that okay, point. that's fine. Yeah. We'll just be sleeping anyway. If that makes you happy, sure. It's been about the bride this whole time anyways. Go for it. They don't cry when they first see you or when you walked down the aisle, like at your first liquor at the aisle. I didn't have this problem because Brian's a cancer and he was sobbing hysterically. Oh my God, he is. What what sign are you? I'm a Gemini sun, Leo moon, Libra rising. And Brian's like a very much a stereotype cancer. Yeah. And he's a very emotional crier. So I didn't have this problem. However, I would say stay because everyone processes emotions differently. And I am the type who usually laughs when I should be crying. Mm -hmm. And I get a lot of shade for it. However, I will say... I was not, I did not cry like on any of the wedding events. I didn't cry at our first look, none of that while he was sobbing. And then at my vows, during my vows, I started bawling hysterically, ugly crying. I have pictures of it, all the emotions. I sobbed the whole time through my vows. So be patient with how people process emotions. You will get it at the right time. No, now, because you said earlier that you're not a crier, but now that you've told me your big three, I'm like, oh, that makes like so much sense. Like I'm a baby, like I'm the biggest water sign. So like I am constantly crying. Okay. They tell you they could only afford the wedding because they have a gambling problem. That'd be tough. That'd be tough. And I would have to say go, not because of their gambling problem, but like I should have known that earlier. Right. I'd be like, <laughs> where, how did I miss this? I'd be this? like, we need to pause on the wedding and we need to like talk about other things because how was this missed? Right. So exactly. I think that's why. <laughs> okay. Um. Oh, they don't want to kiss at the altar because they're too shy. I would be devastated. I would be absolutely devastated. But again, like I should have known this earlier. Mm-hmm. So – 
So I'm going to have to say like, yeah, we should have figured. I mean, I wouldn't be with you if you weren't like a big PDA person. My love language is physical touch. So it would probably be a no because I I shouldn't be with that person. No, I'm a big physical touch girl too. Like I'm constantly touching people like everywhere. Strangers. Strangers. I'm always touching people. Like I met Kathy Hilton in New York in October. I like touched her. I'm like, why am I, I touching too. Kathy Hilton? Like, did she offer you tequila? Over. Did she offer you Castadel Soul? No, but I have gotten an email from her team okay, before good. about it. Good. But it was like in the moment. I just remember like touching her while I was talking to her. And then after I was like, why did I just do that? That is so embarrassing. Like so cringe. Um, I mean, okay. I would be right there with you. I asked strangers on the subway. I'm like, can I give you a hug? Because yeah, I'll like be like, always, I feel like you need a hug. <laughs> I know. I'm like always touching people. It's really crazy. And it's funny because like I have friends that are not physical at all in that way. And I'm just Same. like, I, I don't understand. But anyway, so to close out this episode, I would love for you to give our listeners the three best bridal affirmations to get them through their wedding planning. I love this so much. Okay. I will say anyone who is listening – do this with me right now. Say this. Everything in my ha- life happens on time and in time. Okay. I believe that nothing is too good for me and that my best days are yet to come. And then three would be all of my dreams are within reach. I love all of those. What a great way to end this episode. Thank you for having me. This was so cathartic. And I loved going back and like okay. thinking about my wedding. I love that. I'm glad. I hope you will come back on. We can talk about anything else regarding wedding planning if you come up. If you think <laughs> of anything. Having, big t- having really big boobs and trying to fit into a dress or all yeah. the other things. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, tell everybody where they can find you. Yes. I would love for you to connect with me on Instagram. I am just Mandy on there. So M-A-N-D-Y. Send me a DM. I'm always down to talk about weddings. I'm always down to chat about you know being a bride-to-be in the trials and tribulations that come with being a bride-to-be, whether that's your dad deciding he doesn't want to show up or your dress not showing up on time. Guys, this was amazing. Thank you all so much for listening and make sure you rate, review, and subscribe wherever you ever listen to podcasts and till death do us part. The Betches Brides podcast is produced by Samantha Bush, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Rebecca Salzmacat, social media by Samantha Bush. Be sure to follow us at Betches Brides and send us your emails to brides at betches.com. Betches.